Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Entrepreneur Architect Podcast, Episode 43. This is the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast. My name is Mark R. LePage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. My goal here is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. So it's been about nine months now since launching our virtual studio for Five Cat Studio Architecture here in Chappaqua, New York. Moving our 2,000 square foot office, shrinking it down to a 200 square foot office in our home, and working virtually with remote staff throughout the country. I have one full-time freelance project manager who's the same man I've been working with for 10 years, over 10 years, John Whalen, um, and two part-time freelance draftsmen that are working remotely elsewhere in the country. And it's been great. I love what I'm doing here. But with all great things, we've made some mistakes. And I look at everything I do from a business point of view as an experiment. So mistakes are really part of the process. So on this week, on the episode of the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast, I will share five mistakes I've made when launching my virtual studio. So hang in there. I'll be right back. This episode of the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast is brought to you by Entrepreneur Architect Academy. Entrepreneur Architect Academy is a community of like-minded entrepreneur architects seeking to take their small firms to greater success. 
You know, you are the average of the five people with whom you surround yourself. And this is an opportunity to be part of a group of professionals who are determined to take their businesses, their lives, and their leadership to the next level. In Entrepreneur Architect Academy, we're going to have weekly live video conferences, a private academy forum, social media support, free access to all my digital products, all the current ones, as well as every future one. If you're a member, you get them for free. And coming in 2015, this winter, monthly masterclass training session. So if you sign up now and you lock in and you become a member, you get those training sessions for free as, as a member. If you're interested in learning more, join the mailing list at entrearchitect.com slash courses. So let's get into my story here at Five Cat Studio. Five Cat Studio is uh, my residential architecture firm. We're based in Westchester County, New York, about 40 minutes north of New York City. I'm partners with my wife, Anne-Marie McCarthy. She is an exceptional architect as well. And together we make the perfect architect because she loves architecture and design. And I love business. So the two of us together really, really make a great pair. Um, and, you know, like I said in the beginning of the show here, we moved after 11 years in a 2,000 square foot studio in Pleasantville, which is a, a village about 10 or 15 minutes away, we moved that big studio to our uh, our home, which is where Five Cat Studio was born. So we just brought it home. And uh, we built out a new studio for me. Anne-Marie has always worked from home, so she's had her own studio all these years. And I've built a new studio here, about 200 square feet for myself. Um, and... It's working out great. I love what I'm doing. I love having uh, people working remotely. I love the, the flexibility of what, what I can do. But like I said, every great experiment has some mistakes. So today I'm going to share five mistakes I made when launching my virtual studio. So the first mistake, and I've talked about this in other episodes, um, the first mistake is my paperless studio is stacking up. My paperless studio is stacking up. I have piles waiting to be scanned and filed all over the studio. Um, I do have a great scanner, a scan snap uh, that works great, very fast and efficient. I can just scan it, it recognizes text, it organizes it in Evernote for me, and I love it. But that takes time. and. I've mentioned before that moving to the virtual studio, I wanted a 100% paperless studio and we are far, far from that. Um, and it turns out that it's an administrative problem. I just don't have the time to do all of the things I need to do as an owner of the business and as an architect and a project manager and all the other hats I'm wearing. Um, and so it comes down to administration. I need to find someone physical who can come into the studio and help sort and file and put things away and get things wrapped up here. Um, you know, it's it being alone in the studio, it's very easy to leave things out and let things sort of pile up and accumulate because I don't have any studio, uh, I don't have any staff here and I don't have any clients coming to the studio. Our residential clients, we meet all at their own homes. And so well, we don't ever have clients here. So it's, it's very convenient to work on something and walk away 
and let it sit there thinking that you're going to come back and put it away and then the next thing comes up on your list and you're right back uh, with another pile and I can look around here as I speak and I have three or four piles of paper both large format drawings as well as uh, files that need to be put away so they're the same file piles that I had in the 2000 square foot studio that needed to be put into file cabinets these piles need to be scanned and put into Evernote. And Evernote's working great. You know, Dropbox also, we're working with Dropbox and Evernote. Dropbox is working very well with our remote staff, so I'm very happy. All our draw, draw, drawing, drawing, drawing files, all our AutoCAD files are in Dropbox. And that's, that's working as if it was a physical um, server right here in the studio. It's a cloud-based server. Uh, but it works just the same way. I have all our files up there, and we work right from Dropbox and save them right to Dropbox. And I love it. That works That works flawlessly, truthfully. And Dropbox keeps evolving and introducing new features. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to finding some time to, uh, to to look at some of those features and see how they may make us even more efficient. And uh, we're slowly integrating Evernote into our, um, into our uh, process here. I, I do meeting minutes and, and punch lists on Evernote. And uh, so we're slowly doing that. And um, the other day I was at a, a local AIA seminar uh, given by our local Westchester Hudson Valley chapter, excellent chapter. Um, my friend Michael Galen, who's an architect here locally, has developed software, cloud-based software called Adasar, A-D-O, S-A-R, Adasar. Uh, it's a powerful project management system linked to crowdsourced product library. And, and uh, I'm, gonna, I'm planning on having Michael on the show so he can talk about it some more. Um, but I recommend that you go to adasar.com and check it out. Um, the reason I bring it up is because it's sort of something that would work really well uh, in place of a Dropbox or Evernote. It puts everything into a really easily organized system um, and it has a product uh, library that's crowdsourced by all the users who use the system. So whenever you spec a product, you put it into the library and then other people can also find that product. Uh, and the crowd constantly updates them and makes, you know, if they're obsolete, they get canceled. And so it's, it's, uh, it looks great. I, you know, I, I spoke to Michael about it several years ago when he first started developing it, and it's come a long, long way. And so I wanted to share it here on the show and check it out, uh, you know, let you check it out. So if you go to adazar.com and hit learn more um, at the bottom of that page, there's a great video explaining how it works. And so, so check that out. Um, and so our paperless studio is still in progress. My paperless studio is stacking up. That's number one. That's our first mistake that we've made so far. It's something that we need to fix. Number two, I have superhero syndrome. Yes, it's true. I have superhero syndrome. If any of you are Chris Ducker fans of the New Business Podcast, Chris Ducker is the author of the book Virtual Freedom and the owner of the Virtual Staff Finder, uh, where you can find uh, virtual assistants online and uh, and have uh, you know sort of a tailored uh, virtual assistant that meets your needs 
Well, he's the guy who put that together. And in his book, Virtual Freedom, he talks about superhero syndrome with, you know, so, so many entrepreneur architects or entrepreneurs in general, every entrepreneur sort of has this superhero syndrome that you can kind of do everything yourself. And it's, that's always been a weakness that I've had um, forever. I've always had a tough time delegating. Um, and when I was in the big studio, it was much easier to turn around and assign a task to someone who's sitting there. But now, in order to assign a task to a um, to a uh, staff member, it takes many more steps, much more effort. And so it's even harder for me to delegate. It's so much easier to complete the task myself. Um, and again, I think it goes back to administration. I think if I had um, more time to, to get the things done that I need to get done, um, I would be able to, uh, you know, find the time to put together the systems that need to be put together, uh, to delegate more. And so I, uh, I'm working on that and, and I do need to hire more project managers and, uh, an administrative assistant and cause we are growing and we're very busy and, um, and I've shared this on the podcast before, and I'm still struggling with taking that step. And, you know, time and my schedule has always been my problem. You know, it's easy to put off things that are difficult and things that you don't like to work on uh, when there are other things that need to get done that you like doing. And so um, that's something I need to work on. I need to find a, a cure for superhero syndrome. So that's number two. I have superhero syndrome. My name is Mark Arlapage, and I have superhero syndrome. So let's get on to number three. So number three is I'm not getting enough exercise. And I think because I'm not getting enough exercise, it's affecting my health. So I start feeling this uh, in my body. I sit too much. And I still walk. I walk every morning. I've been walking for years. Um, I wake up at 5.30 in the morning and I go out for a walk for about an hour, a little less than an hour. Um, but when I was in the 2,000 square foot studio, I used to walk from the parking lot to my space, to my, my office. The parking lot was, a, you know, a couple blocks away. And I'd walk up a flight of stairs. There was no elevator in my studio. So I would walk up a flight of stairs. And I would do that five or six or seven or ten times a day. And then I'd go home and, you know, it, it, I had quite a bit of exercise just from the space that I was working in. Um, now I walk in the morning, I take a shower, and I go right back into the studio, which is right in my own home. It's down one flight of stairs, but I don't go up upstairs very much. And so I need to to consciously and actually physically schedule time to stop and move around and exercise um, in order to compensate for that lack of movement during my day. You know, I feel it in my legs and in my arms. I'm getting stiff and things are not working the way they should work. And so um, I, I may need to integrate more exercise into my day and schedule it into my day um, and do more you know, physical exercise, more than just getting up and walking around, um, but actually schedule some exercise in the middle of the day, which is not going to be easy because I don't have the time to do that. Um, but, and winter's coming, you know, so walking is going to become very, very difficult. So I see a gym membership in my future uh, where I will have to schedule some time uh, to maybe go to the gym 
midday, sort of take some some time off during the middle of the day and and go over to the gym, which is about you know, ten minute drive. It's no big deal, and uh, and do some physical activity over there because with winter coming, walking is going to become difficult. I still walk through the winter, but when it's super cold or when it's snowing, uh, I don't, and so and I don't want to stop. So um, that's something that I think with a virtual studio, with a home based studio, that's something that's very difficult to to stay on top of. You know keeping your health in check um, and and sleeping enough um, and and getting enough exercise, eating properly. Those are the things that sort of slip past when you're when you're at home now. You know, when you were in the studio, you'd have, you know, you'd stop at the same time every day and go get lunch. And you go down those stairs and you'd eat lunch and you'd walk around the, the village and then you come back and you go back up those stairs. And so it was sort of built into your day, into your lifestyle. And now my lifestyle is very different. And so that's something that I need to work on and figure out how to solve that problem because it is a problem and I need to fix that. So um, that's number three. I'm not getting enough exercise. That's number three of my five mistakes I've made when launching my virtual studio. So let's get into number four. Number four, and many of you will probably chuckle when I say this, I'm spending too much time on email and social media. Yes, all my social media friends right now are chuckling. You know, I work hard at scheduling my days to get everything done. And I do follow my rules that I shared on episode 40, entrearchitect.com slash episode 40, my four simple steps to getting things done. Um, I schedule everything I do. But if you're a, a subscriber to my newsletter, you know from my last letter that I sent to you last Thursday or Friday morning um, that I have a new, quote, no nights schedule. I'm not working nights anymore. And I built Five Cat Studio during the night. I work at Five Cat. Uh, I'm sorry. I built, built Entrepreneur Architect during the night. I work at Five Cat Studio during the day. And then I put my kids to bed. And then after my kids go to bed, I sit down and I get to work on Entrepreneur Architect. And because of number three, not getting enough exercise and my my sleep habits, um, I've shifted my sleep habits to get back to a normal sleep routine because I was living on four to five hours of sleep. And I think that may also be part of my, my problems. And so I'm no longer working those late hours. Uh, I'm hitting the pillow at uh, nine o'clock and uh, lights out at 10. So uh, Entrepreneur Architect is not stopping. It's something that I'm passionate about and I want it to grow and I want it to be something that others uh, will benefit from. And so I will not stop Entrepreneur Architect or anything I'm doing here. It's only going to get better and grow more. Um, and so that's going to require me to get back to my schedule and get back to my four simple steps for getting things done. And figuring out how to do this, you know, and to make it even worse on my schedule uh, with the Academy launching on September 8th, uh, my time is even more precious because I'm going to have, um, you know, I, I'm dedica dedicating a lot of time to, entre uh, to Entrepreneur Architect Academy and uh, I want to serve those members very well. And so uh, I'm going to have to figure out how to do that. And um, it, and, and the email 
is another problem. So, you know, I have, I get at least 200 emails per day, you know, between Entrepreneur Architect and Five Cat Studio. And, you know, I'd say 99% or 95% of it, maybe even 99 is spam, but you have to go through all that spam to, uh, to get to the good stuff. And truthfully, I, I weigh more than 200 because I have another email that's based uh, strictly for Five Cat Studio. And, uh, and that is overwhelmed with spam now because I have two old blogs. I have uh, westchestergreen.org and livingwellinwestchester.com, uh, which I no longer write at. And so those are, are um, uh, blogs that are no longer active. And they've become spam magnets, and they they and I get notifications every time I get a new comment, and so I have to go over there and find some time to shut down those blogs and uh, and kill those those spams. So that's something I need to do. And I love social media, and so it's so difficult to um, to find time to do that. And I want to connect, and I want to share all day long, uh, but. There's a time for everything. And so I'm going to have to schedule time to be on social media and schedule time to do my email uh, because I have Five Cat Studio, which is doing very well, uh, that I need to, to keep growing. And I have Entrepreneur Architect that I love so much. And uh, I love you guys so much. I'm not going to let you down. So uh, that's where uh, I'm going to have to schedule and prioritize and do all the things that you need to do to, uh, to get things done. So number four, spending too much time on email and social media. It's so easy in this virtual studio of mine while I'm sitting here all by myself and nobody's watching what I'm doing to get online and, you know, hang out with the guys and the girls over on social media. So, um, gotta keep that in check. So number four, spending too much time on email and social media. Number five, number five, mistake I made when launching my virtual studio. I didn't do it sooner. I didn't start my virtual studio sooner. I love my new life. I love that um, uh, the flexibility and the freedom to do what I want to do and the ability to integrate my work and my life and my firm and my family and to make this whole thing work as one big uh, integrated life. I love it. Um, and it will take time to sort out these issues that I'm sharing, these mistakes that I've made. Uh, but they, you know, it, it, it's, I, I never go or never, I'm never going to say never, but I don't think I'd want to go back to that big studio. Um, I, you know, I look at this virtual studio as an experiment and so far the experiment is working. Um, but you know, I have these things I need to, uh, to work on and we'll, we'll, We'll smooth out those bumps and it will be running like clockwork. Um, and it's going to be so exciting. Well, it's already exciting. I really, really enjoy what I'm doing. So number five is I, I didn't do it sooner. That was my mistake that I didn't do it sooner. So if anybody's considering going from a large studio and going to the virtual studio model, uh, I encourage you to go for it. I encourage you to go for it. I think that it is a great model. And I think as the tools mature that that we are using to, to make this happen, it's only going to get easier uh, and it's going to be even better, uh, a better way to integrate 
our lives and our and our firms and our families um, and truly have that that uh, work-life integration that I talk about so I uh, that's it so number one mistake is my paperless studio is stacking up number two is I have superhero syndrome number three is I'm not getting enough exercise I hate that one Number four is spending too much time on email and social media. And my fifth mistake I made when launching my virtual studio is I I didn't start it sooner. So go for it. Get it, get it out there and pull the trigger and go do it. So those are my five mistakes that I made when launching my virtual studio. If you like the show, I would love for you to go to, um, to iTunes, you can go to entrearchitects.com slash iTunes, and that'll take you to iTunes, or you can go straight to iTunes and just search for Entrepreneur Architect. I would love to make sure that you're subscribed. Please go over there and subscribe on iTunes. So if you're listening through the website, uh, or if you're listening through Stitcher, or you're listening some other way, please just click the subscribe button. Uh, that'll help other architects find me and uh, and and get some of the benefit that you might be getting from this from this uh, podcast and i appreciate you so much thank you very much for spending some time with me my name is mark r lepage and i am an entrepreneur architect thank you so much for listening and see you next week mentioned it to my family but in terms of telling people like oh yeah we're doing this i'm looking for projects you got anything i'm not there yet because it scares the out of me dreaming of launching your own architecture firm well we'll buckle up for a wild ride with emerging the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm where do we begin we don't even know what type of business to formalize as is it an llc is it an llp like how are taxes i mean the list is astronomical season one featured founders jeffrey lexi and chris owners of level studio architecture are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio one evening stumbled into one last dive we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Woo! Woo!
Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.